people of God. I love the way that first verse, verse 15, is in the modern English translation. It says, today I have set before you life and prosperity. Life and prosperity and death and disaster. It's important to put this passage in context. The Israelites have experienced Egyptian bondage, having been set free, and they have been on this challenging journey through the wilderness, having survived much, and now they're about to enter this promised land that they've been promised. At the same time, Moses is preparing to die. Moses is trying to prepare them to live a long time in this promised land, choosing the life that God has promised them. I must admit that in 2020, I feel like we're also at this crossroads. We have some choices to make about the way we choose to live, the way we are to be Christians, and the way we are to be church in the year 2020. This passage is so illuminating for me. Twice in this short five verses, we are given the instructions on how we are to live. In verse 15, we are told that we are, number one, to love God. Number two, to walk in God's ways. Some translations say to hear God's voice. And the third thing is to keep God's commandments, decrees, and ordinances. And that seems rather simple, doesn't it? And yet it also seems extremely difficult. Then when you look at verse 20, we see it just slightly different. Number one, again, to love God. Number two, to obey God. And number three, to hold fast which translated more clearly to cling to God. We might like this one better, or maybe I should say I like this one better because it seems less rule-oriented and more relationship-oriented with God. That to me is so much easier than having to check off the boxes of what you do or don't do. So let's look at that first call in both verses to love God. Love has been a real theme this last week, hasn't it, with Valentine's Day? I would say in the last 15 years of my life, that definition of love has really changed. Becoming a wife, becoming a stepmother, and a grandmother, has made me see life and love very differently. I admit that early in life, I bought into that whole Valentine's roses and chocolates, birds singing and sunshine and everybody happy in love. You know, the Cinderella story. But love I've learned is standing hand in hand through the good, the bad, and the ugly. Loving someone 24-7, even when you don't feel like loving others, when you would really just like to take some time to love yourself. And yes, 
even, if, even loving someone when you're not happy with them or the choices they've made. Okay, I'll say it, even when you might not like them very much. Just a couple of days ago, we were in Oklahoma watching our granddaughters who are one and three. It was Valentine's Day, and we were hoping to have this sweet evening with them, making Valentines, playing games, just having a great evening when our youngest granddaughter got sick. Everywhere, if you know what I mean. Roy and I washed her and changed her clothes and held her as she began to run a fever and feel really bad. The love you feel in that moment is the kind of love where you would rather take on the sickness yourself rather than have them sick. I found myself listening all night, making sure that she was okay. The kind of love Moses is talking about here is 10 times or maybe 100 times that kind of love we feel for each other. Loving God means loving God 24-7. Not just when things are going great, not just when you feel like it. Loving God means wishing we could take on the pain and the suffering that Jesus experienced. Taking up our own cross for God. Loving God means never wanting to disappoint God. Loving God means loving even when you want to scream and yell at God because of things that are happening here on earth. And you know that's okay. God can take it as long as the love that we feel is rooted in our whole being. The second call for us is walking in God's ways, listening to God, obeying God. That might be where we really fall down a lot. It's not fun living, having to listen to somebody's rules and obeying. What we really want to do is to do our own thing. I have a cousin. Her daughter, Jamie, just recently had a daughter of her own. And while Jamie was a little wild as a youngster, okay, she was a lot wild as a youngster. And we were laughing about some of her wildness when she was young. And she said, man, that has changed. Loving that baby has changed me. And I thought that was very beautiful and also very fitting. That's what God wants from us. Loving God should change us, not in ways we're seeking, but in ways God has led us because we've been listening to God and moving in God's direction. If nothing has changed, if we're not constantly changing because God is working in us, then we're not loving God completely and we're not listening to and allowing God to work in us. That may seem harsh, but it seems at times that we ver get very complacent in our walk and we think we've reached a good point and we can coast from here on. God wants to work through us 
and on us until our work here is done. And the last call in this passage is following God's commandments. But I like the way verse 20 says it. We need to hold fast to God, cling to God. That means we don't do anything alone, nothing. If you've had the joy of deep love, you know what I mean. You're in it for the long haul with God. You're not going to ask God to sit off on the sidelines and only jump in when you ask. You're clinging to him every moment of every day. I actually find that image very comforting. I can't help but think about the way a child clings to us. When you hold them and they feel comfort and they feel peace, there's nothing like it. That's the blessing in this for all of us. We are always in God's arms, always wrapped in God's love and power and peace. And everything that goes on around us can seem frightening, scary, or beautiful and loving. And we're always right there in God's arms, feeling that peace and that comfort and love. May we share that with our world. Amen and amen.